Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that I created a free guide that goes with this episode and last week's episode two, 267. This guide is called How to Have a Three-Month Conversation. In the guide, I outline how to ask for some simple boundaries that might come up early on in a relationship. I'm thinking three months or earlier. This includes things like wanting to know your status with someone, how to have boundaries around texting and hearing from the other person during the week, and more. This episode is about how to not lose yourself in a relationship. And while we're going to dig deep into this with my caller, I want you to know a big culprit of losing yourself comes from a lack of boundaries. So while I want you to do the inner work around this, it's equally important to do the outer work too, which is saying the thing, doing the thing. So if I can help with that, I would love to. And you can download the guide for free over at veronicagrant.com forward slash 268 download. Again, that's veronicagrant.com forward slash 268 download. And that's the number 268. And it's all smushed together. No space no dashes. All right, on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to episode number 268 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm super excited to be connecting with you again this week. And I've got a really wonderful show. If you feel like you lose yourself in relationships, if you struggle with worthiness, if you become a chameleon, all of those kind of things, boundaries, this episode is for you. It's going to be so good. But before we get there, I've got just a few announcements for you that I just want to make sure that you know. The first announcement, well, not really announcement, more of a request. (laughs) If you listen to this show and it's helped you in big or small ways, I would be so appreciative if you took a quick moment to leave a rating or review. Really, wherever you listen to podcasts, it's deeply appreciated. But especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts, who is still the supreme of all podcasts, I would just really, really appreciate it. 
it. All you do is scroll down your app, look for stars, then tap the stars, and then you can tap write a review if you've got an extra 30 seconds, 60 seconds. I really appreciate it. It really helps to organically grow the show and tell the Apple podcast gods and goddesses that uh, they should let more people know about this show. So thank you. Thank you. Number two is I have got a few spots for private coaching. So if you've been thinking about working with me, if you're feeling stuck, if you feel like you've been spinning your wheels, if you feel like you've been to lots of therapists and they help you build awareness, or you feel like it feels really good to talk and talk and talk, but then over time, nothing really changes. That's my sweet spot. And I would really love to support you with my coaching. So if you're interested in learning more, the next step is to head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And there you can fill out a quick form that will get you onto my calendar for an introductory call. And that's also the place you can grab my services and pricing guide, just so you can see you know, how I can support you in your love life. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching is the place to go. And we will also have that link in the show notes. And the next thing that I'm super excited to let you know, there's nothing to do now, but I'm super excited to let you know that I am hosting a brand new challenge starting next month. I'm super excited. It's called the Serendipity Challenge. And this is something that's been percolating in my brain for probably, oh, I don't know, definitely since I was living in California. So a few years now, a couple years, I can't keep track of the time. And here's the thing, you know, I get a lot of feedback from people that they hate online dating, they want to meet people organically. And I'm like, cool, I can help you do that. Now, again, I love online dating. I think online dating is a really great tool to meet people. It is not dating in of itself. It is a tool, one medium to meet people. But I also hear you that you want to meet people in quote unquote, real life, especially with the pandemic lessening here in the US. And I believe probably at this point, most of Canada and Europe, just so you know, I am recording this in May. So I'm not exactly sure what the status of everything will be in June. However, I do think that things overall are opening up vaccinations are making their way around the Western world, at least. And so that means you might be going out more and you're wanting to meet more people. So my serendipity challenge will help you do that. And then that will be followed with a new live experience that I'll be leading called Dating Without Swiping, which I'm also super excited about. Nothing to do now about that. Just put it into your mind to let you know that's coming up. And once you can sign up for it, then I will let you know. And the Serendipity Challenge will be completely free. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. All right, I've already given you a little bit of a teaser as to what this coaching episode is about, so I don't need to do that now. Let's get right into my coaching conversation with Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the show. How can I help today? Hi, Veronica. Thanks for having me. So I've been feeling a little bit lost in many areas of my life, but especially when I get started in a relationship. So just curious how I can not lose myself. Can you tell me a little bit more? What's What does it look like? What happens? Well, like years ago, I got out of a bad relationship and I like, it was one of those ones where I feel like I was just, it was all the people pleasing, all about him, all about like making him happy and doing what he wanted, I guess. And I, I started doing some soul searching and really focused on me. But then as soon as I started dating again, like three years later, it just kind of was repeating itself. It was just not really paying too much attention to whether or not I really liked him and more about, yeah, just people pleasing, trying to 
make sure everything like he was always happy and not like putting up boundaries or really asking for what I needed. Mm-hmm. And, and I just I needed him fill in the blank for me. I needed him to be happy because because if he was happy, that would mean that he liked me, I guess. Or and if he liked me, then if he liked me, then I could like myself, maybe. Mm-hmm. Is that a guess, or is that what you know? Because you know the answer to this. I mean, yeah, I think my self worth a lot of the time comes from external people, usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, when you did soul searching in those three years, what did you discover, or what did you do? Um, well, I went back to school. And I started a business. I was an entrepreneur for six years. And for three of those years, I mean, three of them was like school mostly, but trying to start my business up and putting all of myself into that. And, you know, I felt like I was really learning who I was. And I kind of had this shift of like my friend group and everything. And now here I am six, seven years later. And I feel like, I've kind of left all of that in the past and I think I'm really struggling to know like who I am now because I wasn't feeling fulfilled by that. And I mean, to a degree, maybe I was, but I don't know. There were just a lot of factors that kind of led me to end it. And then I started focusing on dating again and it was like the same thing. It was, I've learned a lot. And of course there were things that I, I knew now going into relationships that I wasn't going to repeat, but at the same time, I still repeated them and I still was too focused on whether or not he liked me and not as focused on whether I liked him and all that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What did you learn about yourself when you had your business? A lot. I did a lot of like personal development work and I, this is a great way to, or a great catalyst, I should say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think, Something I struggle with is that I feel like I've done a lot of work, but I feel like it was more just a lot of learning, a lot of like reading and not as much implementing Mm -hmm. because I still see the pattern of like just self-doubt and beating myself up constantly and not trusting myself. And that doesn't feel like it's changed very much. Because it's like all every time I have a perceived failure, like a relationship or a business, mm-hmm. I just go into like, you're not good enough and all of these like ways that I beat myself up. Yeah. When you had your business, did you have like, you had a service-based business, right? Yeah. Okay. So was it like a one-on-one client model where you had clients and things like that? Not really. Like I did more group stuff. Okay. Okay. So same thing. You had clients, right? It wasn't like you were selling... Well, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter actually what you're selling. Let me ask you this. If you were, you know, talking with a potential client, they were going to buy, you know, a program or a service or a product that you had and they didn't buy it. What, what would go through your mind? I definitely struggled with rejection. Like, okay. yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely tried to understand, especially over, you know, a few years of doing it, that it wasn't about me and all of that stuff, but you know, the immediate, I guess, hit (laughs) was like hard on my ego and made me feel rejected. Totally. Totally. Okay. So if you had to guess, 
What do you think I'm going to say right now? Or what do you think I would say? Probably, where did little Ashley feel rejected? <laughs> uh, that's a good question to ask, for sure. That wasn't what I was going to say, but it's a good question to ask. <laughs> Any other guesses? Uh, maybe. Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I can speak from a little bit of my own experience of having a business and all of the stuff it can bring up and then also tie it back to, you know, your question, which is why do I get lost in relationships? My guess is that the six years you spent, you know, taking time away from dating and focusing on your career instead, while a career slash a business can be a wonderful catalyst to kind of deal with your stuff like rejection and how that bumps up against the worthiness wound and all that kind of stuff, it can be a great catalyst. But to me, it feels like not that it was a distraction, but in some ways it was kind of a way just to forget about dating for a little bit. And you obviously did learn a lot because you consumed a lot of information. But as you know, you listen to the podcast, like, you know, you're familiar with my my work. That's mm-hmm. not necessarily going to change the dating yeah. pattern. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So with that all, you know, in mind, does it feel, not that it feels great, but does it feel surprising that in relationships right now, you still have this tendency to get lost and to please and to just be concerned about the other person? Yeah. And I mean, in the last few months since like, you know, like listening to your podcast and doing a little more like, I guess, soul searching, I definitely can see patterns where I just distract myself instead of like really trying to get to the root of like what's going on. And yeah, I definitely see that as a pattern and I'm sure, you know, dating has been an element of that for sure. Cause it's yeah. like, Oh, I just want to feel good. So I'll like go on the apps and like see who will accept me or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. And you can answer either from your present day self or your inner child self, just whatever comes up. You can also fluctuate back and forth. What is it that you want right now? I want purpose and passion. I feel like that's the thing that I've always wanted. And I was trying really hard to find that through my business. And I honestly, like my business model and what I was really doing changed so much over that six years. And I was trying so hard to find what I would be, I guess, happy doing. Not that I necessarily needed to find something to do for the rest of my life, but just nothing felt right. Mm -hmm. And I think I do the same thing in relationships. It's like, I'm just trying to find something or someone to be like passionate and excited about, but maybe I lose. You're looking for things outside of yourself to fulfill you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you an, a deeper version of question. What do you require? Like not what you want, but what do you require? Love mm-hmm. <laughs> and acceptance, I guess. Mm-hmm. I feel like almost selfish saying that for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's like a basic human need, but. <laughs> I you've already spoken to two of the tenants that every human needs. We all need love. You said that we need belonging, which is basically acceptance. Yeah. We need safety. Yeah. And when you don't get those, any of those three things, you're going to do things to make yourself at least try to feel that way. Mm -hmm. And you're at a point now because you've gained so much knowledge from the six years of being in your business and 
using that as a catalyst to learn about yourself and do the soul searching. And you probably read a lot of personal development books and a lot of times business books and business building can be kind of personal development (laughs) as well. And so you consumed all this knowledge. So Mm -hmm. it's one thing to be at a place where you don't know what you don't know. You know, it's like the whole ignorance is bliss thing. I don't really think it's bliss, but yeah, kind of you get the idea, right? Mm-hmm. But now you're at a place where you know what you don't know. You're like, I know I'm doing this, but I don't know how to change it. Yeah. And that's a really, really challenging place to be in, just in terms of the healing growth curve. And the way through that is basically what you said earlier, which is then connecting with the inner child. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the only way you'll fundamentally change and shift how you feel about yourself, how you get love, how you get belonging, how you get safety, all of those things. So it comes yeah. up. I mean, it, that definitely feels right. And that's, you know, why I'm, why I think I was so drawn to like you and your work and your podcasts. And I, I've done so much journaling over the last, like yesterday, I think I did five pages just like from one of your emails and um, I, I definitely see a lot of wounds come up from my childhood that I was so unaware of, mm-hmm. but I guess sometimes it just feels like I don't know how to work through it because I'm very resistant to feeling the emotions. And I guess I also just don't really feel like I have a safe place to do it. Cause I think like I'd mentioned to you, I live in an apartment. So I feel like, there's always people that can hear me. <laughs> I don't want to be like crying hysterically all the time. And um, yeah, so that feels tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you sure they can hear you? I mean, I'm sure there are sometimes that they can't, but like sometimes I can hear people in my hallway. And if I'm like mid cry, <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm taken out of the moment. And then, yeah, yeah, I agree. feels distracted. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, that's more of a logistical problem that we can talk about. But also I think, I mean, I think it probably does bump up against, you know, some sort of core wound around what other people think. And I think though, one thing that I want to go back to, and I think this will probably help resolve some of this is the selfish thing. Were you told you were selfish at some point in your life? Or is that like a buzzword? Like, don't be selfish. Shouldn't be selfish. I think so. I mean, I think it was used a lot. Like my mom used it a lot, definitely talking about other people. Um, I don't remember anything specific about me, but I can tell it's a kind of buzzword because even with my friends and I think most people can relate. It's like, if you feel like you're being selfish, there's like guilt attached to it. And for a lot of people anyway, and I'm trying to really like change that because it's more about like the self-care aspect of things. But Yeah. So I was just talking with a client yesterday about selfish and with the whole idea of selfish, we either have to just stop calling ourselves selfish or we just have to own it and be like, yeah, I'm being selfish. So what? (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. So let's, let's do this. Go ahead and close your eyes for me. And when you think of little Ashley, what age comes to mind? Probably about 10. 12. Okay. Okay. And what does she need? Love and acceptance and to be listened to and seen 
I think she feels a bit neglected mm-hmm. or like cast aside. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Not that I can think of. Okay. Okay. And so when you're ready, you can open your eyes. What does that give you in terms of information as to what you can do for your inner child right now? Not like the second, but like, you know, right now being present time. I mean, I I definitely need to tap into her more and send her love and I guess listen to what's coming up for her. Mm -hmm. I feel sometimes it's tough to get into the headspace of like, talking with her or trying to bring up memories because I guess I feel a little like just weird. I'm resistant to it maybe, but what feels weird? Well, like for example, I did, I tried to like really do an inner child exercise, I guess a little over a week ago. And the entire time I felt like, I guess I wasn't sure if I was really tapping into what she was thinking or saying or needed or if I was like putting those thoughts in my own head Mm -hmm. you know and I'm sure that's like just an area of self-doubt and you know I'm trying to just trust the process because when things come up it obviously needs to come up but I can just sense myself being very resistant to the emotion and like kind of wanting to shut it out and distract and Mm -hmm. feel all the feel good feelings instead you know yeah yeah so this goes beyond just your neighbors potentially being able to hear you yeah that's that's more just like the excuse yeah I mean yeah I'm sure I make a lot of excuses because you can always just turn the music up really loud not really really loud but loud ish (laughs) yeah I guess I didn't think of having music on because I felt like it would that would distract me too or go in the shower have a good cry in the shower yeah, I share a wall with my neighbor though. <laughs> Sorry, more excuses, but I don't know. I'm always, I always feel a little bit self conscious of like if they can hear me, how much they can hear because, yeah, it goes back to that like people pleasing or like just wanting to be accepted and liked. What if they hear me and then they think I'm weird, <laughs> some weirdo that cries in the shower all the time? <laughs> well then I guess you get to be a weirdo that cries in the shower all the time here's the question I want you to ask yourself like on a, at least a daily basis if not more than daily so meaning multiple times a day what do I require right now and I like this question more than just what do I want because that's like well this would be nice to have I guess I don't need it and then what do I need because sometimes that can be a little bit too synonymous with what do I want like what do you require right now And you're probably going to feel uncomfortable. You're probably going to feel selfish. You're probably going to feel like, I don't know, but I want you to breathe through that. I don't mean like push your way through it. Cause I don't want you to like be like, it's not a pushing energy. It's just like a, okay, this feels uncomfortable. I'm just going to let this discomfort just come in through my body. I'm just going to let it ride the wave and wait for mm-hmm. it to pass. That's different than like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? So I don't want yeah. you to push. I'm, I never want folks to push through any emotion or, or really anything, but I want you to get more comfortable with this idea that you as a human, you have requirements. Yeah. And I think when you can begin to fulfill some of those requirements for yourself, 
then it'll be easier to not lose yourself, whether it's in business or in relationships or in what other people think Mm -hmm. (laughs) or or anything else. And it's not that like, we don't ever want to get anything from other people, right? We do want love from other people. We do want their acceptance. We do want their admiration. We do want compliments. Like these are all normal things to want, right? I always give the example, I'm sure I said this on the podcast before, like if you have a date and you're like a hot date with like your boyfriend or something and and like boyfriends in the living room waiting for you to get ready and you're in your room getting ready and you're wearing like this new hot dress and you've got all this makeup on and you walk into the living room like all right ready to go like you want them to be like oh wow you look hot yeah <laughs> right like sure. that's normal and that's healthy right yeah there's nothing wrong with needing to get that kind of approval that love attention from other people it's it's the issue is that when your entire identity when your entire self-worth is yeah. wrapped up in that and yeah. i think the more that you can tend to yourself of what you require. So if you require a good cry, then you do what you need to do to give yourself that good cry. And slowly that will untether you from things outside yourself. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, I know, I know we talked a little bit about your passion and, and purpose. Like I don't think passion and purpose need to be tied to how you generate income. Your passion and purpose, I think, are really about our own, like, you know, to steal Michelle Obama's word, our own becoming. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and then like we can go out and do things that might make us money or that might allow us to attract the relationship we want to be in or the community we want to have or whatever. Yeah. But like it has to start from with within you. Because otherwise, right. like, you know, you ultimately didn't feel fulfilled by your business, and that's because your business can't be the thing that gives you your passion or your purpose. Same with relationships, same with everything else outside you. Yeah. I guess that's like what I've always thought or expected. And I know I had really big expectations of relationships that I've been trying to like let go of and work through and realizing, you know, it's not a fairy tale and whatever. Right. Like, Damn you, Disney. <laughs> well, it's not a Disney-esque fairy tale, but that doesn't mean it's not wonderful, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I definitely struggle with um, feeling like everything outside myself has to bring me that, I guess, that passion, purpose, and all that. And love. Needs well, you, you know, like the truth is always somewhere in the middle. Cause it's, it's like, yeah, you don't want those things outside yourself to be your source of these things, but you don't want them to not be your source of those things. I like to think of, you know, the life-changing magic of tidying up by, um, oh my God, I can't remember her name right Marie now. Kondo. Marie Kondo. Duh, how can I forget her name? Um, <laughs> and like her whole thing is like, does it spark joy? And then you just get rid of everything yeah. in your house that doesn't spark joy. But I think you can live by that. You know, does yeah. this relationship spark joy? Does this client spark joy? Does this business spark joy? Does writing this blog post for your business spark joy? Does going on this walk in the sunshine spark joy? And like, imagine like, you know, a life that is only filled. I mean, look, we still have bills to pay and got to go to the dentist and things like that. (laughs) But um, I, I don't know. I don't like the dentist, but my point is, is that, you know, the truth is always somewhere in the middle. I mean, not always, but most of the time, a lot of time. Okay. So what are your takeaways? Well, that I definitely have to 
let go of what the people in my apartment think and, you know, do the work, feel the emotions, allow myself to feel the emotions. And yeah. I'll just say this in terms of letting go of what your neighbors think, you know, obviously that sounds a lot easier than sometimes easier said than done. (laughs) So if you do find yourself, this is, this is like where personal development, in my opinion, gets really interesting. I don't know if fun is the right word, but interesting is, you know, if you're feeling self-conscious about what your neighbors think, instead of, again, just pushing through it or ignoring it, because that's just perpetuating the old pattern that we're trying to get you out of. Right. Mm. It's more of like, okay, this, like this fear of what they think or the self-consciousness of what they think or what, you know, them judging me, where does that come from? You know, like, and I get that, like, it can feel a little shy if like you feel like your neighbor can hear you. So, you know, sometimes it's just that and it's not necessarily bumping up against something, but to me, it feels like it's bumping up against something. So it's just an opportunity to ask yourself, okay, what is this bumping up against? Like, when have I felt harshly judged by people in the past? Um, Whether it's by schoolmates, siblings, parents, you know, things like people like that will be things you want to look at. And then you start there. Yeah. And you don't have to like push your feeling through that just to get to the thing that you think you're supposed to work on right now. It's like, if that's where you're at, then that's where you're at. And right now you're just trying to work through this fear of judgment and this fear of what other people think. And that's where you are. Because a lot of times we can, the way we can relate to personal development and our journey through it is usually, well, if we're not careful, we can it can just perpetuate the pattern that we're trying to change in the first place. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you think you're never doing enough, you know, for your partner and you're a people pleaser or whatever, then you can show from personal development. Oh my God, am I journaling enough? Am I reading enough? Do I know enough? Am I doing this right? You know what I mean? And so then it's just perpetuating the same damn thing. Mm -hmm. And so my guess is that the fear of judgment from what your neighbors think about doing, you know, any kind of crying or any kind of emotional release work that may make noise is it's bumping up against a deeper fear of judgment, a deeper fear of not being part of a group, of not belonging, right? And so instead of just ignoring that, pushing through it, start there. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I know that like my family has always been very like when emotion comes up, it's time to distract, it's time to you know, let's find something to laugh about because that's much better than crying. <laughs> so yeah, definitely need to start there. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Was this helpful? Definitely. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different for the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. 
It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. Thank you so much, Ashley, for coming onto the show. I know this was a little scary for you. You were nervous. You did a wonderful job. I'm so appreciative of your courage, vulnerability, and I see you and I appreciate you. All right. So Ashley had a perpetual pattern of outsourcing her worthiness and her likability. And we discovered that not only did she do this in her relationships, she did it with her business too. And ultimately her business didn't really work for her because she felt unfulfilled because she was putting this expectation on it to be her end all be all in terms of her feeling her purpose and her passion. And she really does the same thing with her relationships. They're supposed to fulfill her and they could fulfill her if he liked her. And so she would do everything she possibly could to make sure that he liked her. It's not too hard to see now that when you're in a relationship like that, you kind of will lose yourself. You will lose your sense of not only your boundaries, but who you are, what you like, what you need, and ultimately what you require in a relationship. I believe our purpose and passion is about coming home to ourselves. It's about our soul's healing. Sometimes that can absolutely relate to how you make money, but not all the time. But she again was trying to find her purpose outside of herself through her relationships, through how she made money, through her business, through all of these different things. And ultimately, she's going to come up short and she's going to feel like these things will never fulfill her because they can't. Those things can be a tool to find purpose and passion, but they are not the thing that will lead you to purpose and passion alone. Another theme in our conversation is what Ashley required. I started lightly by asking her what she wants. Now, if you've been in personal development space for a bit, there's a good chance that you've been asked one way or another what you want in your life, what you need in your life. And you might have even created some sort of like one year vision, three year vision, five year vision, something like that. But what I've rarely heard asked is what do you require? I think that has a totally different energy. You can even pause the episode right now and ask yourself, what do I want? What do I need? What do I require? There's a really strong energy with that. And it might even make you feel a little bit uncomfortable just the way that it made Ashley feel a little uncomfortable because she said, oh, I feel a little selfish for saying what I require. Again, this is all completely normal. It's certainly a part of inner child wounding, but it's definitely a part of the patriarchal society that we live in. Think about how many obituaries or eulogies you've heard or read for women who have passed on. And it's all about how they put everyone else in front of them. Everyone else's needs were above theirs as if it's some sort of, you know, marker as to how good of a person they were. And you just don't really hear the same tropes when it's a man's obituary or a man's eulogy. And again, that's what I'm talking about when I say we live in a patriarchal society. Like, And this might not seem like a big deal, but it is because it is so deeply ingrained in us that we don't even always recognize it when we see it. 
because it's like, oh, that's just the way the world is, right? And that's exactly what we're trying to shift here in this podcast and in the work that I do with my clients. And then there's the piece on how you relate to personal development. And I can't emphasize how important this is. The personal development world can be, you know, for lack of a better term, a little preachy sometimes. And it's like, do this instead of that, or we should do this, or you should do that. And this can create a space where you repeat the pattern of whatever you're trying to get out of. So for example, I've had clients who will identify as having some people pleasing patterns, and then they try to quote unquote, please me through their answers. Now it's my job to point that out so that I don't perpetuate the cycle and they don't perpetuate the cycle either. But it's common to wonder if you're doing enough meditation, enough journaling, or if you're doing it right. And this can bump up against perfectionism, not enoughness and all that kind of stuff when you're doing the work. So I've said this before on the podcast, but I need to say it again. If you judge yourself for the personal development work that you're doing, whether it's journaling or meditation or doing these inner child work exercises, and you're wondering, do I do this enough? Do I do this right? Am I doing this wrong? Like all this kind of self-talk or beating yourself up for not doing it at all, right? Then the time you spend doing this kind of work is going to have a minimal effect because you're just treating yourself like shit, even though you're going through the motions of doing personal development. So let me give you an example. I had not meditated in probably, oh gosh, like two months. Maybe if I'm lucky, it was six weeks, but I think it was closer to two months. And it wasn't just meditation. It was really just my time to light a candle, light some sage or some incense, sit with myself, meditate, draw a card, do a little bit of journaling, write maybe some intentions down or just some questions that I have for my inner wise woman, all that kind of stuff. Even connect with my inner child, with a little photo that I have in my little meditation space of her. And, you know, time just is a little different now with the baby. And again, not making excuses, just that's just how it was. And I could have easily been like, oh my God, I'm such a loser. I'm not even meditating. And like, who am I? Like, who am I to be a life coach? I'm not even doing this or that. And if I caught myself going down that road, I would have to say, hold up. You're in a new life stage. Everything is turned upside down. The daycare you thought you're going to have just fell through. It's okay. You just can work with it. Do the best you can. Even if you just do a meditation while falling asleep at night, that's all you can do that's okay for right now. And I would just have to tell myself that over and over and over again. And sometimes that would be the only quote unquote, personal development work that I would be able to do in a day. And now we've been able to rework my schedule, I have some more childcare. And so now I'm back into my morning routine, which has been incredible. Oh my gosh, I needed it so bad. But I really think that the only reason why, you know, everything just didn't fall apart for me was because I was just being uber, uber, uber compassionate with myself. And the part of me that just kept getting bumped up against was this part of me that had to be the straight A student, right? So growing up, you know, my parents didn't put pressure on me to be like, you must get A's, you know, that I never had that from them. It was a self-imposed pressure, but it was because I was the smart kid. I was the kid where academics came easy. And so if I wasn't that person, then who the hell was I? So then I, in turn, put a lot of pressure on myself to be perfect when it came to school and, and my grades. And and so what I had to do was I had to connect with that little part of me that identifies as being the smart one, as being the straight A student. And even though this isn't about grades, in some ways, it was still about that measuring up, that worthiness of that's who I am. You know, I'm this coach. And so I have to have this quote unquote, perfect routine and perfect life and do everything perfectly. 
And again, self-imposed identity that I'm putting on myself, which then has actions that I have to do to live up to the self-imposed identity. And so I would just have to connect with that little girl, that little person inside of me and just give her lots and lots of love, lots and lots of compassion, lots and lots of space, and let her just feel how she was feeling. And I knew that things would change. I knew that I would have more time back soon. But until that time, I had to just be super, super kind to myself. And now I'm back in it. And it's really wonderful. But I really think that had I let myself just beat myself up for not doing what I'm quote unquote should be doing. I mean, look, like I'm, I can't say what would have happened. But I don't know, I think that I could have brought up some more emotional eating because I, I think I would have just felt really down about myself. I think it, it could have brought up some more issues around body image, especially having a different postpartum body. And I just, you know, I, I just think it could have reverberated in other areas of my life had I not just been able to just really connect with that little girl who had to get the straight A's in school. Anyways, I tell you this because it is so, so important that, you know, I don't care if you do nothing that I teach in this podcast, like none of the exercises, none of the tools. But if you can just be nice to yourself, that will get you so, so far. All right. So here are your take action items. I've got two of them for you. I want you to ask yourself, what do you require? What do you require? And sometimes for some of you, it might be very easy to name some of those things. Great. Now it's your job to then uphold those things when you're in relationship with other people. And if you do feel selfish or a little, oh, I don't know about that, then just breathe through it. Where does it come from? And then you can do the inner child work from there. And then the second thing is meet yourself where you are. If you think you should be doing this or doing that, or you're not doing this good enough, or you're not journaling enough, or you're not connecting the inner child enough. I hope my story resonates. I hope it inspires you a little bit to just be super, super, super nice to yourself, kind to yourself. And then when the moment is ready, when your energy is ready, you will come into this work. I know you will. But if you're beating yourself up, then it's just going to be that much more difficult. All right, my dear, that's all I've got for you this week. I will be back next week on the show. And I've got a guest that I'm super excited to introduce you to. Okay, until then, talk soon. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to uplevel your love life, and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one-on-one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more, or you got to love yourself more. Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on or what your texting game is like or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.